Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. Amen. Glory to God. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. I believe that it is my assignment to make sure that the church is balanced, and that is to make sure, since we have several services during the week and many people don't come to all of them, there are people who double dip and triple dip, and that's a good thing. You're taking your spiritual growth and your spiritual development seriously. But others are one-timers, and they come maybe at 8 o'clock every Sunday, and that's all they get for the week. Uh, My job is to make sure that we have a balanced front here at the church, a balanced front, to make sure that as we serve in these uh, uncharted waters, that there is no, in our church, we've never had just one service on Sunday for almost 22 years. So we've always had to uh, minister like that. And I'm grateful for the growth and the connectedness that I have with some of the minstrels and the singers over the years. Uh, The Lord spoke to my heart to make sure that I continue as we started before the pandemic and to make sure that we uh, open up our services for those who may be watching from around the world. And we've tried to do that. And it can be tiring. It could be stringent. It could be arduent. It could be uh, the burden bearer. You can be a burden bearer as you try to work with God. And I'm grateful for the service ministries that we have. For those that are working behind the scenes to make sure we're pumped all around the world. I praise God for the sound and I thank God for the cameraman whose lens is on me. He disciplines his lens to make sure he focuses on the person, not everybody in the audience on me. He's not worth that if he's looking at everybody and not focused on me. There must be. A discipline as we move forward and as we do what God has called us to do. This is why I believe all of us should grow from our ushers to our parking lot attendants to our security ministry to those who are working behind the scenes, those working for children. Whatever we do, our outreach ministries, we reach up, we reach in and we reach out. All dimensions of our church need this message of growth and development. And God is not just happy with us producing little fruit. He wants us to produce much fruit and that our fruit would remain in Matthew chapter four, verse eight and nine. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with me, away from me, Satan, or get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. I think I shared with you on Sunday that Satan has always wanted to receive worship. He is hungry for it. He hunts it. He loves it. He'll do anything to get it. He'll even do it and get it without you knowing it. That's how hungry he is for your adoration and for your praise. He'll have us praising 
trips and cars and stuff because it all goes back to him and music and idols but never giving God glory. It's so important that you understand the order in which Jesus laid it out. He says you worship the Lord your God only. You want to worship first and him only shall you serve. So worship always precedes service. I think we were able to uh, lend the argument, the apologetics concerning the scriptures here. We defend the fact that worship should always come before service. And I want to encourage you to worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. But we also believe that God wants us to serve. And so we taught the philosophy of our assimilation, which is we want to make sure everyone coming into the house of God has a sense of belonging. A sense of belonging. And anything you can do to uh, accent belonging, you need to do it. And anything that comes against belonging, you need to eliminate out of your life. No one is excluded in this house. No one is excluded. It doesn't matter their lifestyle, their background, where they came from, their ethnicity, their age. Nobody is excluded from this this house. No one. No matter what they've done. That doesn't mean that you can function in every ministry. We do do background checks if you're going to work with our kids. Because we need to protect our children. But you're welcome to the house of the Lord, regardless of what you've done in the past. And that sense of belonging should be something, a goal, that everybody who's on this team should embrace. Secondly, we need to make sure people are connecting. Not only with us. If you're a group leader, not only with your group, but connect with the church. Ask them when was the last time you visited the church. No one should teach a new members class, but don't attend the house of the Lord. How will we allow you to teach our people and you refrain from entering into the sanctuary yourself or serving the Lord with gladness and coming before his presence with singing? Be thankful unto the Lord and bless his name. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. But let's make sure we get it straight. If you're going to teach others to do that, you should be doing it yourselves. No one should be trying to tell someone to connect when you're disconnected. No one should be trying to get people to feel like they belong when you can't just get it. We all need to make sure that we're creating an atmosphere where everybody has a sense of belonging and we're teaching people to connect, not just with the group that you're in, not just with AIM or Awaken, but with the word that's being preached from this platform. If you're not tied to the word, I don't know if you're on the team. If you can stand outside of this, anytime the word is being preached, you wanted to go down the road and get some coffee. You want to hang out in the foyer. You got your own conversation going on. And there's no drawing closer to the things of God. I've been saying it every year. We're going to tighten the screws a little bit more. If you're on this platform or doing what you need to do, you need to be in the house of the Lord so you can connect with this word. If I can't teach you then we don't have business. I have to be able to teach you. So we need to make sure we're connecting, not only with the word, but with the spirit, with the leadership and the vision of our church. And you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. There are three roots that you need anytime you're going to be stable. Number one, the tap root needs to tie into the soil. That is the word of God. Get the nutrients from the word. Secondly, you need to tie into the stream. Or the the flowing spirit of God. 
Thirdly, you need to tie into the vision and the leadership of your church. And you don't let anybody break that. One of the, the works that, it, that the enemy is doing during this, camp, this, this thing here, everybody wants to be elevated and blessed. And they're listening to people talk like that, but they're not really challenging you to stay connected. Root system has never really been connected, never really tied to the leadership, always on the outskirts. Friends that you have with people who are on the outskirts of ministry, you need to tie into the core and God will bless you. Make sure you connect right. Then the third thing that you need, and we talked about it, is growing. I'm going to be hitting it tonight. We need to grow and then we need to serve. Growing, not just upward or with height or growing in height. Because we see a lot of kids. Next year we see them, they've grown a little bit more. Our grandson is growing every year. He's getting a little taller. He went up north for the summer, come back, came back. He's a little taller than he was before he was before he left. And you know that about your kids. A lot of times you can't see growth until there's distance. And when you see distance, when there's distance, you see growth. And some of us are so close to situations you can't see it. That's why God sometimes will break your heart and you got to take a step back. So you can recognize whether there's growth or not. Thank you, Lord. Growing and then serving, growing and then serving. And grow, the word grow is an acronym for this teaching. God rewards our work. God rewards our work. Now, I teach all of the time out of Hebrews 11 and verse 6. He that come to God must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him by faith. By faith. But he also rewards our works, our actions. God rewards our work. Being intentional goes a long way. Being an intentional person, intending to do something, goes a long way. There are people who meander through life. And what I mean by that is they blunder from one day to the next without intent. But there is a power of intention. There's a power to wake up in the morning saying, I will accomplish these things. There's a power in writing down some goals and then fulfilling those goals. And so being intentional, an intentional mind, an intentional spirit goes a long way. Leaving our old spiritual life behind, our old accomplishments, our old accommodations, Leaving it behind or leaving it up for chance would never allow us to achieve the highest height or the deeper depths of God or to produce much fruit. Leaving our own spiritual life up to chance without being intentional will never allow us to produce or multiply or step into the growing stream. The same is true for our every Every area of our life, whether you're on the job or you're in the community or you're in your own family, you must be intentional. You must say this is what we want to accomplish financially and this is what we want to accomplish relationally. And this is what we want to accomplish as it relates to uh, uh, our portfolio. And this is what we want to do by this time next year. You have to have those discussions. The church has to do it. That's why we have anniversaries. Why are we having an anniversary again? Well, we're intentional about our direction. Why do we have staff meeting? Can't we just all get along? <laughs> no. 
We need staff meeting even now, and I need you to show up. Well, I don't really have anything to do. Well, you got something to do now? <laughs> Since you don't have anything to do, let's find something to do. Because all of us need to show up and to remain intentional. And so I want to make sure you get that. Become intentional. Do not blunder. Walk in the mall just to walk every time. Start going because you need to get something. You're looking for something. You're searching for something. You're looking for something specific. And please don't be unintentional when you go to Walmart because if you don't know what you're looking for, you're going to have a whole carton full of stuff and spend way more money than you intended to spend because you didn't know that you didn't know that they've designed Walmart to always got little low prices and deals here. And if you buy this, really buy two for three and all of this other stuff, next thing you know, you spend way more than you really intended to do. And Walmart has all of the church tithes, has all of the church offerings, all of the church gifts, everything that's supposed to come into the house of God. People that say they don't, don't give, when it comes to giving to self, they overindulge. But we, we're raising up a people that is intentional, even as it relates to giving to God. I'm going to break yours off first in order to cultivate a space rich for spiritual growth and development. We need to be intentional about making that space. I said again, in order to cultivate a space rich for spiritual growth and development. We need to be intentional about that particular space. Of every tree you shall eat, except the tree that is in the midst. The day you eat of it, you shall surely die. God has always preserved a portion for himself. We must be intentional. If it's holy for him, it needs to be holy for us. If it's righteous to him, it needs to be righteous to us. Set a time, set a space to make whatever that space is. Make sure that you make that space. Expand that space and sanctify that space. Sanctify your intentionality. Write it down. We need to stay plugged in. Growth requires being plugged in. Remember, God rewards our work. So even if man looks over you, even if they don't recognize what you've done, you stay on the job because God rewards your work. Staying connected with God is vital. Another word for vital is essential. There are essential things that need to be in place, whether it's engineering, mathematics, building a building, working with mechanical, plumbing, hardware, software, whatever it is. Whatever it is, you need to be intentional and staying connected is vital. You can't get tired midway. You can't get tired midway. You need to keep it moving. And you got to stay plugged in. I like to say stay connected. As a teacher of the word, I have to stay plugged in. It is imperative that I stay plugged in. It's imperative that I stay on the cutting edge. It's imperative that I go into the no spin zone. It's imperative that I see truth in the matter. And not what everybody else is trying to say if I'm going to be the voice of truth. And whatever you're representing, you need to make sure that you stay plugged in so you can be on the cutting edge. You can't take six months off, five years off, and think you're going to come back and be relevant. You got to stick with it. 
As a teacher of the word, it's imperative that we all remain connected to God. So why do, you, why do you need to be connected with God? I'm connected with God so I can recognize his voice. If you are not connected with God, he could be speaking, but you won't hear him. You won't recognize it. He could be speaking, but you'll think it's gibberish. Gibberish. You'll be giggling when you should be crying because you can't hear his voice. You don't recognize it. That's why I love Samuel. He heard his voice, but he didn't know it. Even if you don't know the voice of God, you need to hear it clearly. If you're around counselors, they can tell you, man, God is speaking to you. If you're around a good mother, she'll, you know what? I believe God is talking to you. That isolation thing that I can make it on my own, get rid of that. God wants you to be around somebody that knows his voice. And you need to be around somebody. You may know word, but you got to know his voice. And that's why we need to make sure that we stay connected with the Holy Ghost. It's vital because when we're connected, we'll recognize the voice of the Lord. So I don't know if God is speaking to me. If you say that, that means you need to get more plugged in. You'll recognize not only his voice, but you'll recognize when he leads you. When I was a kid, I used to hear this lady sing this song where he leads. Me, I will follow. I used to love that. Where he leads me, I will follow. That's not necessary uh, English, proper English. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him all the way. And I used to hear that song as a child. I, I liked it. For some reason, it just touched me. And when I became a man, I can hear that. Where he leads me, I will follow. Now, sometimes he's trying to lead, but we can't hear his voice. And if you can hear his voice, he can lead you on. Not only do we need to hear his voice and know his leading, but we also need to know his word. We need to know his word. God never speaks outside of his word or the character of his word. God ain't trying to tie people just to Clark. Remember that the root system needs to tie into the word. Number two, into the flowing stream. Number three, into your leadership, not just any leadership. To your leadership, where are you plugged in, glory to God? And when you do that, you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Glory to God. Not only should you tie into his voice, into his leading, into his word, write it down, into his will. Into his will for you. And that's why we worship, because we surrender our will in exchange for his. All children of God should be willing to um, exchange their will for his will. It's never I'm just going to do. It's what is God's will for my life. Glory, hallelujah. I can't get no, no help. I can't get help on the internet. I can't hear no help. But I just believe God is speaking to you. God is trying to tell you something. It's still essential. It's still essential. It's still essential for us to impart. From a place of experience. If you don't know word. And if you don't know voice. And if you don't know word like you should. You still. God will use your experience to guide. But never let experience lead out first. I'm simply saying. You can't wait on yourself to get full of the word. When you got experience. 
Learn the word, but God will help you to plug in some experience there. Let, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, the knee-high drink, the peanut butter cookie. I got the noun later on this one. I got the kisses, the chocolate kisses on this one. I got it all. I know what I'm talking about here. You think you know, but you don't have any experience. Get with somebody that's been there and done that, and you may not fall in the ditch or go around in circles, and you may reach your goal. Glory, hallelujah. Get with somebody that's got some experience. Somebody who was 18 before and 19 before and 20 before and know what it's like to have your hormones going off. Get with somebody that can tell you to lock it down. Get with somebody to say, that's not your life. You need to get your head together. Get with somebody who's not impressed with you or your hair or your fingernails or your shoes or your shape. Get with somebody that's going to help you to get on the right track. And if you can take it, you can make it. Your example, your experience can be the best example for people who are meandering through life, who are wondering and blundering through every decade. Your experience, you can't force it on them. That's why you got to belong, you got to connect, you got to grow, and you got to serve. You got to be in the church. You don't just give people your best stuff and they don't know who you are. Build a relationship. Make sure there's a sense of belonging. And then make sure there's some connectedness up in there. And then make sure that you're growing. Tie that root into the soil, into the stream, into leadership, and then serve. Remember, God rewards our work. God does, not man. If you come into a local church and you're looking for people to reward you, you're going to get hurt. A lot of people come and have unrealistic expectations. I had a need and they didn't do it. You got to get to a point where God is your source. Aren't you, can't you see we're in a pandemic? Nothing is the same. I had a man tell me, you know, the men should be inviting people over to the house. Well, we're in a pandemic, sir. Anybody inviting you to listen? But the Bible says fellowship. Well, you don't even wear a mask. (laughs) You feel like that's infringing on your liberties. What about, what about saving lives? Now kids are in the hospital. Kids are coming down with COVID by the thousands. And what are we going to do now? What about just follow the prescribed plan? Grow. God rewards our efforts, our work. I think I shared it on Sunday that uh, servants grow because servants see. Please write that down. Servants Servants will grow because servants see. They see things that non-servants don't see. And I know servitude and servanthood and service and servant is not words, right? They're vogue words in our society. But yet God uses those words in his word because we need to be servant leaders, serve as unto the Lord, serve with all diligence, serve, strengthen your serve, energize your serve, invigorate your serve, do whatever you need to do to become a better servant in the house of God. In John, St. John chapter 2 and Remember, St. John chapter 2 was written for all of us. He's not one of the synoptic gospel writers that writes to a specific group. John writes to the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. No other synoptic gospel writer records that. 
Matthew was written primarily to the Jews. Primarily to the Jews, you see genealogy. Luke was primarily written to the, the Greeks because they liked philosophy. So God gives them parables. And Mark was written to the Romans. Iron and power and strength and roads and bridges. And this is what you need to understand about that. God waited until the Romans were in power to really create roads so he can get the gospel. In the fullness of time, Jesus was born. That means the Romans had to be in power. They made sure that there was steel. They also nailed him on the cross because he talked about a peg in the book of Isaiah. He will be fastened with a peg. So to fulfill it, the Romans had to, man, let me to, ooh, Jesus. To fulfill it, the Romans had to be in charge. And this is what Daniel's vision showed. Iron on his feet, clay legs. The statue had all of this stuff in it, right? And so you need to understand that God was prophesying. God is always showing us something to come. Let's go back from John 3 to John 2. And it's Jesus, glory to God, at a wedding feast in Cana of Galilee. They were running out of wine. They were running out of wine. The young lady gave him, the servants, a command. Whatever he tells you to do, I think it was his mother. Whatever he tells you to do, you need to do it. Also gave some instruction about filling the large pots to the brim. Very important that you follow instructions. A lot of people know the end result, but you're not following instructions. Want to know what to do, but you're not following instructions. You know, want to know how it's going to turn out, but you're not following instructions. You can't build without following instructions. Follow the instructions. Eventually, everything's going to work out. Come on, Sonia. You know what I'm telling the truth. That's right. You can't build, you can't be a contractor without following instructions. That's what's important. You'll never grow a family. You'll never be successful on the job. You'll never be a great pastor. You'll never be a great leader in the house of, the God, and, house of God and in the community without following instructions. She said, fill the big jars, the pots, to the brim with water. Some of us are okay with half full. Well, I just, you know what I'm saying? She don't know what she's talking about. She doesn't have a clue. I do this all of the time. Follow the instruction, please. Because as it goes with the pots, so does it go to the clay jars. So does it go to the crack pots. God can even mend your crack if you follow instructions. There's something about the wine that he wants to put in you that's also healing. It heals the cracks that's in your life from the inside out. So you just don't worry about the crack. What about the cracks? No, don't worry about the cracks. Just fill it to the brim. When he turns the water in the wine, the wine has a way of just mending those cracks. Glory to God. Don't worry about how God does it. He has a way of doing it. The guests were oblivious to what was going on. They never knew a, sor a shortage of wine was there. They had no clue. They weren't even asking questions. These are the people working behind the scene in the back office who say, we're going to run out of wine and we still got a long time to go before it's over. Instruction, fill it to the brim. Every jar, every large jar, fill it to the brim. Every large barrel. And fill it with water. And when they did, as the servants started serving the wine or the water, it turned in the wine. Now I want you to see this. The guests were oblivious to what was going on. 
Just like many people who are just guests in the kingdom. I'll just show up and just sit there. But I'm not involved in the service or the work. The guests will always show up and consume. But the servants, hallelujah, will not only serve, they will see and they will benefit and they will increase in their measure of spiritual intoxication. Not only will they do the work while laughing, they'll go through pain while laughing. They will sarah you. They will laugh in the midst of a storm because God will birth an Isaac in them in the midst of the storm. Ooh, Jesus. Well, I'm preaching tonight. The same is true for us today. When we serve, God will turn your water in the wine. You will physically see the miracle. So let us cultivate an, an environment for growth. Write it down. We need to cultivate an environment to grow. Everybody want to grow, right? Some growth is natural growth. And then some growth must be stimulated. You don't have to tell yourself to grow taller when you're 10, 12, 13, 14. Actually, when you come out of your mother's womb, it happens naturally if you get food. But once you top out, in other words, what your DNA has given you, it's not you. God gave you DNA. Whatever, you, whatever, that sh whatever shows up after 18 and 19 years old, if you want to grow intellectually, you can't just say it's going to go natural. You must go to work. If you want to grow socially, a lot of people is dependent on their personal form to get over in life. But I'm here to tell you it's short lived. If you want to grow, you need to create an environment for growth and plug in. So I have several things that I think you need to you need to get if you're going to cultivate the environment to grow. Remember, God rewards our work and it takes effort to grow. Number one, the environment necessary to perpetuate growth in your life, write it down, you must saturate it with grace. The environment must be saturated with grace. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 and 12, write it down, it's on the screen. For the grace of God has appeared. That offers salvation to all peoples. Notice no one is excluded and no church can put a guard up there and say, well, you can't come to this church because I know your background. No, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Slave owners should have read that. They just read, if you, you know, and they just read the part that says, uh, uh, if you know to do good and do it not, you shall be beaten with many stripes. But fail to read Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation, not to some ethnic groups, but to all peoples. Glory to God. And America needs to hear that today. God loves all peoples, all ethnic groups, everybody. Nobody should be excluded from the American dream or from the table that God has set for you. Yes, we have processes, but don't ever get it twisted. Don't ever get it. We ain't no Aryan race. You're not a descendant of Hitler. You need to get your head together. We need to make sure that we're doing everything we can do to welcome all peoples into the house of the Lord. And I wish preachers would start echoing that. God loves all peoples. 
Yellow, green, black, and white. We're all precious in his sight. I said yellow, green, black, and white. The scripture also goes on to say it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live, uh, to live self-control, upright and godly lives in this world. Glory to God. In this world, lives, lives in this world and in this age. I think it says in this world and the present age. That's Titus chapter 2 verse 11. So God is opening up for all peoples. Here's the work. We got to do what's godly. Psalm 84 and verse 11. For the Lord has, for the Lord God is, is a sun and a shield. You need to see this one. Look at this. He is a sun, not S-O-N. He's talking about the brilliance and a shield. Not only does he shine, but he also tempers the light so it doesn't burn or cook you up. He's the sun, the power of his brilliance, and the shield to make sure he tempers it so you can survive. The Lord bestows, look at the word, favor and honor. Anybody need a little bit more favor and honor? Right, need a little bit on your job so they don't just work you to death but pay you the money they should pay you. No good thing does he withhold. No good things does, does he withhold with those who walk blamelessly before him. That's a good promise for us. He will saturate you with the grace but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18. Grow in the grace. So if you're going to create an atmosphere for growth, we must have it saturated with the grace. And these passages tell us how to do that. And number two, if you're going to cultivate an atmosphere for growth, you need to make sure that you support that your 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 atmosphere, your atmosphere is supported relationally. It's supported relationally. God never intended for you to grow without a neighbor, without a church member, without being a part of the body, being isolated, nobody in your business type management. That's not how it works. We must have relation, relationships. So we are supported, we support relationally. We support each other relationally. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. From him, the whole body joined. The whole body joined. I like that. The whole body joined. No isolation. Saturated. Supported. The, the atmosphere supported relationally. The scripture is very clear here in Ephesians 4 and 16. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Not some. Not the ones, only the ones that are visible, but the ones that are hidden in the body. Your ligament, you must support that particular joint that you're assigned to. Maybe you're not the forearm, but you're the elbow, and you need to make sure you support the work of the forearm. You may not be the eye, but you're the retina. You need to have your mind clear so when you tell the brain, I see this, the brain says, yeah, that's what you're picking up. I can identify with it. And you're not saying you see something that's not there. 
Because mirages look the same as that which is real if you're dehydrated. And your mind will play tricks on you. Your brain is trying. I'm trying to go with what you see, I. But can you make sure you test it? I gave you two of them. <laughs> I'm preaching, man. Maybe you're not the fingers, but you're tied to the wrist. You need to make sure that you keep the hand mobile. Mm -mm. If you want to cultivate, number three, if you want to cultivate a healthy environment, an environment for growth, you need to remain, write it down, in hot pursuit of your goal. And that is to grow. It's, the hot pursuit is ongoing. It's ongoing. If you want to grow, you need to be intentional and you need to be in hot pursuit of the growth. You need to tell yourself, I'm not waiting until December to do a New Year's resolution and talk about I'm starting all over again. God gave me a day today. Today is a new day for me and I'm going to make sure that I'm in hot pursuit of growth. If you're intentional like that, you will grow by leaps and bounds. For the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a mustard seed sown by night. The next morning it's so big and growing, my God. It's tall and bigger and with, with dearth than any other tree. Be in heart pursuit of the growth. Remember, God rewards our work. I found this passage in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 6. I love it. It's on the screen in the same way. Say that in the same way. The gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. The reason why the gospel is expanding around the world in dark continents, in places where people can't even speak the language, is because people are in hot pursuit of growth. Evangelists are not supposed to go to churches and blow mine, they're supposed to get out in the street, the hedges and the highways, just like Daryl Bryan and Pastor Antoine Brown with a tent revival last week, and getting into the city to make sure they preach the gospel to the poor. Everybody's practicing on people who are already saved. But remember, if you want to take the gospel around the world in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it. So the gospel didn't stop because we got saved. The gospel is moving. The gospel is expanding. The good news is changing lives and reforming minds that we might transform our communities and advance the kingdom. Ooh, Jesus. That Colossians is powerful. I found another passage in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. It should be on the screen. Write it down. Look at the word. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters. No one is left out. And rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more and the love of all of you have for one another is increasing well I've been saved for a while Bishop 
I just don't love them anymore. No. You don't know word. Let me read it again. We ought always to thank God for you, my brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is moving as it is designed to move. When you're in hot pursuit, faith grows. It's growing more and more. And the love of all of you, all of you have for one another. The love that you have for one another is increasing. So with growth, growth comes great love. With exponential, exponential, I said it right. Exponential growth comes exponential love. I'm almost done. The objection, the objective also here as you grow, if you're going to create an environment for growth, here's another one. You got to know the objective. Even faith needs an object. You got to direct it to someone or something. Can't just say I love or I have faith. What is the object of faith? Faith is never the object of faith is not what you're going after. Have faith in God. The object is to tie faith to him and through him all things are possible. What is the objective here? What is the objective? What is the objective of you creating an environment for growth? It is to grow, right? To get there, you need to know the objective identifies two things. First, the aim. What are you aiming at? Secondly, it's well-rounded. It's well-rounded. People are going for stuff when they should be going for the, the globular thing, the, the spherical thing, the round thing, the big ball. You're going for the stick when you can have the ball. Let's take it bigger. You can have the world, the big ball. Not just a little baseball or softball or basketball. What about the world? Aim high. Even if you don't get it, wherever you land will be greater than what you, what you ever could imagine. Aim for the stars. Even if you don't get it, you'll be further along than you could ever imagine. Lift your sight. Ephesians 4 and 15 I read 4 and 16, but look at 4 and 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Speak the truth in love, you'll grow. You cannot be silent. You cannot be silent and let things, you got to speak the truth in love. Put it in the atmosphere. Put it in the atmosphere. Volley back. Put it in the atmosphere. Do it in love now, not meanness, not, not separ a separatist mentality, not with high-minded peacock-type expressions. we got to do it in humility. Speak the truth in love, and you will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head that is in Christ. So if Christ is the head, he wants a mature body, not a body that's not formed. We can look at children and say they're not grown because they're not formed. Then you can look at them at 20 and say, okay, I see development in you physically and I can tell that you've grown. Well, God wants his body. He's the head. But when he looks at the church, he wants to see full development. 
Full development. The head is all developed, but the body is still malnourished, looking like a, a, a scarecrow. God wants life in the body. Oh, man, I'm preaching. So we can see the texture and the disposition and the oil that's dripping on the body. Glory to God. And then lastly, if you want to cultivate an environment for growth, glory to God. We need to be empowered and energized by the Holy Spirit. Empowered and energized by the Holy Spirit. Not by passion, not by desire to achieve higher goals. Holy Ghost has to be the electricity. Remember, there's fire in the wall. You must plug into the Holy Spirit. He never, ever testifies of himself. Uh, if we really plugged into the Holy Spirit, half of the stuff we do, we would have to stop. Even if he gifts you, he's never gifted you to function without his power. And he never tells about what he does. He never talks about himself. Look what I've accomplished. Look what I'm doing. That's not how he works. Now in America, we have to have promotion. So we have to let the world know what's going on in the church. But you know that self-grandizement, self-promotion, it steps over into egocentric and egocentric attitude. God doesn't want that. Holy Spirit doesn't do it either. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due season. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I was young now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed break bread. Why? He's plugged in. God is my refuge and my strength, my very present help in the time of trouble. I will not fear because he's my refuge. Not what I stated, what I decreed. I decree you'll never have a sick day. And when Jesus was hung on the cross, Paul got sick. <laughs> I'm trying to understand something, man. Sometimes you have some good days. And sometimes you have some hills to climb. <laughs> and sometimes you have some weary days. And sleepless nights. But when I look around and I think things over, my good days outweigh my bad days. I said my good always my bad and I refuse to complain. You need when you don't have when your tank is empty, you need Holy Ghost to empower you. When you don't see any energy at all, you need Holy Ghost to give you strength. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The spirit of God is upon me for the spirit has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me. He sent me not because I wanted to. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord to open up prisons to those who are bound and then proclaim that this is the year of God's favor. Glory to God. And if you really, really get the Holy Ghost to empower you and energize you, you won't run on empty tanks because he will refill you and he will fill you up over and over again and his mercy is new every morning you'll never be without the mercy of God you'll never be without the grace of God you'll never go empty you'll go out empty but come in full glory to God God will restore what the canker worm has stolen 
empowered, energized by the Holy Ghost. Galatians chapter 3, verse 3. Are you so foolish? Are you so foolish? After beginning, how did you get saved? Was it because you did something? Was it because you did, you said something? Was it because you're all that? After beginning by means of the spirit, he touched you. He touched you. Wherever you were, he touched you. He touched your heart. Yeah. What's going on with me? He touched you. Tears started flowing and you don't know why. He touched you. You had a heart even though you didn't understand to forgive. He touched you. You were crying out, but he touched you. He didn't leave you comfortless. He came to you right where you were. After beginning in the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of your own strength? Your own human ingenuity? Or is it his strength? You want to grow? Tie this thing up. Take it back to him. Plug in to his word. The flowing stream. To your leadership and the vision. And you'll start seeing growth occur. Thank you, Lord. A short prayer. For the servants of the almighty God, a prayer for servants. Father, reveal to us the grace, benefits, and blessings given to us when we serve others as unto the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. When you serve, stop looking for people to applaud you. But serve as unto the Lord. He watches everything that's going on. Everything that's going on. In my neighborhood years ago, um, there was a man that, that was a vagabond in the neighborhood. He may be, I'm quite sure he's no longer on the earth. He was an elderly man when I was a child. And he was retarded. He would urinate on himself and he could control his, his glands. And at the time, Coca-Cola and all these other companies were using what we call glass bottles and not plastic like we see today. And so most people would take a bottle of Coke and then lay it on the side of their home. This man would come by and ask, could he have bottles? He would use them, he had a towel, he would wrap them up, take them somewhere, and redeem them for cash. That was his way of making a living. I don't know about you, but every neighborhood has a Van Van, the bottle man. My mom would have us to serve him um, seared bologna with cheese and mayonnaise cut it in half and take it to him with a cold glass of water. Many kids in the neighborhood would pick at the man, but she never tolerated that. And I remember giving him, as a young man, giving him a 
giving him um, a sandwich. And he was trembling as he was putting it to his mouth. I think he was really hungry. And I could smell his body odor. And I watched him eat that sandwich. I stood there watching. And I felt compassion. I didn't know what it was. But I felt compassion for the man. When he drunk the water, he didn't, he wasn't uh, debonair, debonair or fancy. It was running out of both sides of his mouth. And then he took the rest of it and poured it on top of his head. So I believe he was hot. And I felt to ask him, does he want another sandwich? And he said, no. Thank you. For some reason, even through my military years, every once in a while, when I start feeling myself, I will remember that man. And I believe my service to that man was preparatory for what I do today. If we can't cry over our community in the condition that people are in and feel them, we'll never be successful in this season. I realize that I can't feed every van. But what I can do is create a system to help as many as I can. And then cultivate an atmosphere for growth. When I look at my life and where I am today, it's only by the grace of God that I stand before you. I stand humbly submitted to the will of God and I would encourage all of you to do the same. Start, stop thinking about what you can do and remember the people that you rolled by and smashed mud on. Or that person crossing the street and you blew the horn. You didn't know that they were moving as fast as they could. Or that issue that you complain about if you can see that there's a problem, maybe God wants to give you the solution and make you a gap filler. Because God rewards our work. I want to encourage you to get busy. Get busy. Find a ministry. If you finished the new members class, find a ministry and start functioning in it. If it's in op, find another one. Every so often, come to your church and see if there's something you can do. When we do something for our community, get involved. Sign up. When we outreach, show up. And when it's time to take the burden, pay it forward. So we'll see. And God will bless you. At this time, I want to give you an opportunity to sow your seed and to give. We're going to give to the Lord. I would like for you to like and share this feed if you're on Facebook Live. But I also would like for you to go to the website and sow a seed. That's truthrevealed.org. You can also download the church app and sow there. It's Truth Revealed Church app. Go to your Play Store or your iTunes, not iTunes, your Apple Store. And you can download it. 
can also text the give. It'll be on the screen in a moment. Text Trim Give to 833-625-5698. I'm decreeing and declaring by the power of the Holy Spirit that offerings will come from the four corners of the world. I had a vision that I saw pennies coming through the soil, coming up, but it was multi-millions. I'm talking about money that people just dropped. It's enough to finance a ministry, several millions of dollars. I believe God is going to call the coin. It's not only in the fish's mouth, it's in the desert sand. And I'm asking God to cause it to rise. People are going to begin to sow from everywhere. No amount is too small or too large. Support the work of God. Help this ministry go around the world. Father, as we sow, we sow into our abundance. We assign a task for our seed. We're asking you to release the abundance as we sow. We thank you for God, for you reward our work. You even reward our seed time. I decree a harvest for your people. You watched over us for all 26 years of this ministry. You spoke to me and said that you will provide for the house of the Lord and that grace and mercy will never leave this house. I thank you for that. You're true to your word. Cover your people even now. Send the abundance. Send the abundance, the prosperity, and we will give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.